thanks for coming. Thanks for coming this afternoon. And this is going to be what's next for NFTs. I think we have some great discussion topics teed up here to dive into this question in depth. I think before we, we kick off, though, I, I think it makes sense to just quickly, let's go around the horn. Let's let our speakers introduce themselves, let's share some quick background on the relationship with NFTs. Uh, so perhaps, you know, Sandy, if you want to kick us off. Yeah, I'd be happy to. So my name is Sandy Carter. I'm the COO of Unstoppable and the founder of Unstoppable Women of Web3 and AI. And uh, Unstoppable is really revolutionary the way we manage our online presence with a what I call a super NFT. Um, it is a blockchain-based domain service that empowers users with complete ownership and control over their digital identity. So it provides a simple, easy to remember name for all of your online activities. And thanks for having me today. Love it, makes a ton of sense. Excited to dive in with you, Brent. Hello, hello, it's a pleasure to be on with you, Tyler. Thanks for giving us the opportunity and thanks Frank, Will and Sandy for allowing me to share space with you guys. I'm Brent, I'm the VP of community at Aletheia AI. Uh, Aletheia AI is a research and development studio building at the intersection of generative AI and blockchain. So our mission is to use these technologies to enable decentralized ownership and de democratic governance of AI, which is really exciting. We're seeing a lot of new things happening in the space. Uh, we've been around since 2019. Um, in 2021, we auctioned the world's first intelligent INFT at Sotheby's, uh, Alice was her name. Um, she went up for about half a million dollars. Uh, and then in 2022, we launched, we launched our flagship collection, The Revenants, which is 100 uh, NFTs of um, uh, characters of interest of his history. So like Merlin, Nietzsche, Tesla, uh, as intelligent NFTs that people could own and speak with and create content with. Um, and then in 2023, we launched Character GPT, which is a text to character generator that mints uh, these agents uh, simply from text uh, and created voice and um, looks and personality uh, and many of those on Polygon uh, for ownership as well for, for content creators to play with and enjoy and own and trade. Well, and we have more in for 2024. <laughs> so thanks, thanks for having me here. Yeah, I mean, an incredible story. And clearly when we dive into the, the worlds of, of AI and NFTs uh, interacting here and coming together in the near future, we've got some some real experts on with us so excited for that um emily and i'm apologizing if i'm gonna, if i'm mispronouncing your name here i want to welcome you just okay. if you want to give a kind of a brief intro quick background kind of your tie into web3 as we go around the horn yes thank you sorry i had trouble coming on stage um yeah i'm emily lasker um so alexandria labs is building infrastructure for ebooks and audiobooks with web3 that can be permanently and privately accessed and owned and enjoyed um we've done some fun record-breaking Web3 book releases, including one with Knights of Degen. Um, and we are onboarding publishers to our platform now. So really exciting time and happy to be here. Yeah, uh, that is very exciting. Excited to dive in to the world of books and NFTs. We've, we've got two more intros to do. Let's go Will, uh, and then we'll, we'll hit the man in the mask, Frank. Thanks, everybody. Great to be here. Uh, my name is Will. I'm CEO uh, of OnChain Studios. We make the Cryptoys uh, digital toy platform. Uh, for folks that don't know uh, a little about Cryptoys, it's kind of like the best way to think about it in like the realm of digital toys. If you took a toy company like Mattel and a gaming company like Nintendo, and those two companies had a baby and it was born on the blockchain, uh, it would be Cryptoys. And uh, yeah, we make digital toys. So, you know, characters that you can collect and 
uh, play in different games with. And we work with some amazing companies. Mattel's one of our partners. We do a lot of stuff with Mattel. And then also Disney's another one of our partners. We did a bunch of drops for Disney. Uh, we did a bunch of things for Star Wars and also for their Mickey and Friends line. Um, so just excited to be here and, and chat with you guys on you know the next uh, the next chapter for NFTs, a topic I'm very, very excited about. Yeah, well, we'd love to have you here. Uh, and then we'll last intro here for Frank. Frank, take it away. Awesome. What's good, everyone? Can you hear me? Yes. Cool. Yeah. Well, shout out to the uh, Redbeard team. They've been longtime supporters. So super happy to be here. And um, yeah, I'm the co-founder and art director of Wilder World, which is really a virtual world and gathering place in the metaverse um, for the dreamers and the thinkers and creators. We are really, yeah, have been in the space since 2015 and um, we have a sister organization called Zero, which was originally working on a lot of the, the core protocols which which power Wilder World. And then I got into NFTs in about 2017. So really early on starting to see the opportunity for virtual ownership and how that really, really all roads kind of drive to the metaverse in that case. So uh, yeah, excited to dive into the topic today and the where NFTs are going in the future. Absolutely. Well, we've got a great panel, clearly. Just quickly, uh, as for me, I am our NFT lead over at Lucky Trader. We produce media and content covering Web3, the NFT space. So uh, I've covered several of, of the brands and projects on stage with us over the last few years. Uh, so I've been able to kind of monitor and keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening, what trends you know we are seeing in, in the market. Uh, from that standpoint, I'm also uh, a high volume NFT trader. Uh, that's my other jobs. The other hat I, I wear, so I'm interacting with NFTs on, on a near daily basis. Uh, you know, before we just dive into the questions, you know, as I was thinking about this panel and preparing about what's next, I do think it is important for us to take a quick step back and just kind of recognize how far we've come. I mean, in 2020, 2021, when NFTs really started exploding, they were still mostly just JPEGs on the blockchain. But but even through this recent bear market we've seen, I think we've seen some significant progress. We've got major brands launching consumer rewards programs via NFTs like Starbucks, airlines like Lufthansa. We've seen Nike launch digital shoes. We've seen like all the major automobile brands, Porsche, Mercedes, BMW, they've launched digital collectibles. We've seen NFT ticketing start to expand with, with Ticketmaster placing a major focus on it. Yet, you know, it does feel like we still have a long way to go, especially to get to a point where mainstream America, people across the world are using and interacting with NFTs on a daily basis. So I think today here, we're going to talk about that. You know, what does the future look like? How do we get there? We're going to talk about some major world trends, consumer behavior, and how emerging tech like AI VR might impact the, the future of NFTs. So that's just some, some quick intro. So I think let's just dive in. And Sandy, I'm going to throw this first question here to you. And this is kind of in the bucket of visionary uses for uh, NFTs. So if, if we're imagining a future where NFTs are a part of our everyday life, how, how do you envision them? How is it transforming our everyday activities or, or industries that perhaps haven't been impacted yet? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I see that NFTs are already starting to impact everyday life for a set of people, but this could even be uh, bigger. So, for example, um, transacting with an NFT, which happens to be a domain like Unstoppable, 
um, you know, being able to use a human recognizable name instead of typing in your long 21 set of characters and numbers wallet address. Uh, just a fun fact, um, Unstoppable alone, every week we do 30 million resolutions of taking that beautiful name to a wallet address. So that tells me we, we're getting momentum back in this crypto space. Um, another, I think, interesting way that you can use an NFT, and we're starting to see this too, is as a personal identity verification. So using that, that NFT to provide verification of who you are, instead of carrying a physical ID around, you could have an NFT-based digital identity that is universally recognizable and, you know, leverage that. Imagine, you know, going through airport check-in with that or even opening a bank account. Um, another area that I see is education. And this one was really interesting to me. I was um, meeting with LinkedIn and they told me that today, 36% of people who list their education on LinkedIn, because it's not verifiable, it's not on the chain, actually never went to that school. So imagine that. That's like over, like, like a third of us here have the it's wrong shocking. school on our profile. Yeah. And so imagine if you have a soulbound token, which means it's an NFT that you can't transfer, that included certificates from online, from um, you know, from universities, then you have a verified way to show what you're doing. And that could go all the way to legal documents. Like we know California signing car titles that are now NFTs that can sit there. So I think this really expands, Tyler, um, to basically every single everyday activity. Gaming, like the last, the last um, panel we heard, legal documents, causes, real estate, I think NFTs have real power and I believe and would assert that I think that domains as an NFT will be the first to go widespread mainstream with everything that's happening today. Wow. Uh, well, well, certainly uh, it, uh, a bold call, but I mean, we got some news yesterday, right? That it might be kind of pushing that forward yeah. with ENS and GoDaddy yeah. just announcing their, their partnership. So I think the personal identity one is is so spot on and soulbound tokens and just kind of like an on-chain resume, proving your education, proving your experiences. Certainly. I think that makes so much sense. So uh, really appreciate your takes there, Sandy. Uh, Emily, maybe I'll, I'll throw the same question to you. I'm curious if you had thoughts on any, you know, everyday activities or what, you know, areas could be transformed by NFTs here in, in a visionary future. So many things, but I, what I think is really interesting in, the conversation now is okay. So every, Chris Dixon's book came out this week, Read, Write, Own, and the word for Web three is own, um, which for NFT people is really interesting because that's what we focus on. Um, but I think it it says a lot about like this idea of actually owning your digital media or actually owning your digital footprint, your data, um, has a lot of implications in terms of. Of course, I'm always thinking about media, so like being able to really own a movie or a book um, that you bought and knowing that you'll always be able to access it or as a creator, um, being able to have a lot more control over that. Um, I think all of that makes, just completely transforms our relationship to digital art and digital information. Um, and I, I think it it like kind of, it's it. one of the other things that we were talking about for this panel is like, how do um, other like emerging trends in, 
business um, intersect with this. And there's this interesting trend in like how creators and artists market themselves nowadays, how there's so much of having to like kind of build your own audience and find people who love what you're doing, um, which I think could really intersect with this and make for a really like a kind of a golden age of creativity. So those are my thoughts. Yeah, no, the, the ownership is such a huge part of that. And, and when you mentioned kind of the you know, creators building audiences, what is nice about Web3, right, is own, like if, if you're a creator and I own some of your pieces, well, I'm also incentivized to kind of help, you know, amplify and be a voice box for you and to, to spread the good word. And I think that is a really important aspect, a very cool aspect. Uh, of this ownership piece. Uh, Will, maybe keeping the conversation going, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it to you, kind of going in, in the direction of emerging tech trends that we might be seeing. And also, like I have to ask, I've got two toddlers at home. Uh, are, are they, are there toys here in the near future all gonna have uh, some some type of NFT component to them? What, what are your thoughts? I think so. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really bullish, obviously, you know, at Cryptoys, we think about what's the future of play. Is kind of the idea like how, how are kids playing these days a lot of people look at roblox and they think that's a video game that's really it, it's a different play pattern it's kind of like the digital equivalent of people going to each other's houses and playing with each other's toys in like you know their own physical houses it's just a digital equivalent that's really roblox is more social uh and a social activity than it is a video game these are people that are hanging out on facetime and and on the phone while they're meeting up in virtual worlds and and building things together so it's really this interesting kind of paradigm shift where the future of play is becoming more and more digital not to say that it's it's replacing physical and irl play patterns but there's just more play time happening on digital devices let's face facts kids are getting ipads on average at age four and they're learning how to interface with these touch enabled high resolution devices rather quickly at a very young age and that's the world that uh, they're growing up in um, and, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of interesting paradigm shifts that come with that. And I think, uh, you know, toys are a big one. Uh, I, I, I do echo a little bit with what Sandy's saying, like, in many ways, domains were the very first NFT ever created, right? It was the first time we ever had digital property rights. And it really made sense. We're like, I got homes.com. I got water.com. It was really the first time we had... Uh, digital property that we could identify and have a deed towards. We had the deed on that domain. And NFTs really just allow for that to happen across all these different other use cases. So when you explain domains to people and then you're able to extrapolate like digital land and digital ownership of what domains gave, but to all these other amazing things across the internet, it gets very exciting. And obviously, you know, digital play is a big one. Uh, in this space, it's funny because we're obviously early adopters and we believe in this technology, but we go out to bars and, and to parties and we talk to our friends about, hey, I'm in this digital collecting business and, you know, there's this NFT thing and everybody looks at you like you're kind of crazy, like this makes no sense. Why? I could just take a screenshot, a digital, like to nine out of 10 people, they don't get it. At least people of our age, but you know who gets it right away? Our kids. Kids need no convincing whatsoever that digital collectibles are gonna be a thing. They're already there. Already kids under the age of 13 that play Roblox, that play Fortnite, that play Minecraft, that do all these things, they get the power of digital ownership, of digital skins, of items and exclusivity and flexing online. So I think right now we're in this really exciting time where 
right now there there's this market of people that don't have full purchasing power yet they obviously have to ask their parents for their credit card or get topped off in robux or v bucks and things like that when those people come of age you know digital collecting web3 nfts and blockchain it's going to be second nature to them so we are very focused on uh, on the future and uh, on, on what kind of the next iteration of play looks like amongst this generation, how Web3 intersects with that. It's such an important trend. And, you know, I, I started seeing the chatter about Roblox, but it didn't really hit home for me until I went to visit my nieces uh, who are like 11, 12. And they're just so deep in Roblox and all of their friends are in Roblox and like they care about their, their avatars and, and their clothes and, and what they're wearing. So the, the future of digital collectibles uh, to me is just, just so, so bright and so spot on. And, th and this younger group just gets it. So that that's clearly a trend that's going to be impactful. Uh, Brent, maybe I'll, I'll tee you up for the, the AI side of things. I mean, heck, I'm sure we could spend 30 to 60 minutes alone just on this topic. But I am curious for your thoughts on how AI uh, will impact NFTs, how NFTs may start integrating intelligent NFTs, uh, just, just w w going a little bit level deeper than you did in your intro. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when we started, you know, we saw tremendous value in giving creators the, the ability to embed gener generative AI into their NFT assets and, and essentially giving them superpowers to, you know, be, uh, you know, companions or to have fun with and to share and to trade and to create with. Um, so that's where we started our, our journey um, with the advancements that's happening in AI there. We're, we're seeing um, a lot of opportunity now with uh, really our core focus, one of our theses is, is decentralized AI. And that is very much easier to talk about than, and maybe it's not even easy to talk about, but true decentralized AI is something that is gonna be incredibly important in the next phase of AI development. Um, so we're talking NFTs could eventually be models on chain that you own. They could be agents on chain. So think a little bit outside of just, you know, JPEG or, or even just the, uh, an agent itself, but uh, models prompts, all of these can be owned assets that are interchangeable um, on, on, on the blockchain that allow provenance, which is in, incredibly important. So for instance, right now, when you go to OpenAI and you're using it, even if you create a company today and you're using it, uh, OpenAI or ChatGPT as a skin, um, all of your data sets, everything that you're typing in, anything that your consumers, if they're interacting with, all of that data essentially is going to one of the largest companies in the world at this point. And so the competitive advantage where you, you'll, you'll see is going, it's going to dissipate because all of they, they, they will essentially own all of your data. So our, our core focus right now is on three, we've identified three things, which is censorship uh, that we want governance for, centralization, um, and Web3 creator rewards. And that's really where we see NFTs as proof of ownership uh, coming into play um, and Web3 in general as the ability to reward people for giving data sets and for interacting and for essentially helping your product become better as well. If you don't mind, I was gonna jump in here too, Tyler. <clears throat> so um, I love what Brett said. Uh, I definitely wanna meet up with you later. But there's a couple other, let me just give you two other uses of uh, AI with NFTs too that I think are really powerful. So one, um, imagine a blockchain domain or that super NFT, right? Represented as an NFT, 
using AI to customize website content in real time based on your interaction and creating a more dynamic and personalized web experience. Um, I believe that can happen in the future. And then the other really cool one, Brent and Tyler, that I think is that that we're experimenting with right now at Unstoppable is how to use blockchain for good with AI deepfakes. Uh, so I don't know if you just saw, but uh, on a Zoom call, somebody had a deep fake and they convinced a whole team to give them $25 million. I did. Right? Did you see that? That was crazy. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the Pope in his Ballman jacket, who really wasn't the Pope in his Ballman jacket. So, you know, couldn't we use blockchain? We actually have a patent for this. Blockchain to verify, to provide, if you would, that blue check mark that says, hey, look, I'm really a CFO or, hey, I this is really me, the Pope in a puffer jacket. So you could verify it. I do believe that AI will push forward the power of blockchain in the space. And, and those are just two examples of how I see that happening. Yeah, I think we're, we're just scratching the surface and the deep fakes. It's so important. We think about that in the media space as well. You know, blockchain is like timestamps authenticity for for articles, right? This was the headline. This was when it was published, and this was what had happened, so that you kind of remove that, you know, after editing and, and changing the message. Um, but again, I mean, this is an area that's just going to explode. Um, Frank, I, I definitely want want to hear from you. So we talked we talked about AI. We haven't talked about VR. Certainly, it's you know, virtual reality is top of mind for anyone who's seen. The, the memes, the Apple headsets flying around. They did $700 million in sales last week. So I am, I am curious for your thoughts on kind of virtual reality, how that trend will intersect with NFTs. Nice. Yeah, I think it's definitely uh, top of mind. And we're just seeing in culture the Apple Vision Pro spread. The memes are great. So, um, and I think often with Apple products in particular, um, they're able to execute, of course, at a really high level, but um, the first version is generally uh, not the product that gets mass adoption, if you will. So I, I really do feel uh, it's going to be a lot about the developers for this first version and a lot of testing. And um, yeah, I, I, I saw an interesting video. I was watching a lot of the, the, the videos kind of covering the device itself and... One that I really valued was Casey Neistat's because a lot of the other videos, they were kind of just talking about the product in a really kind of like practical and matter of fact nature. But his video, he actually um, was traveling around New York City with the Apple Vision Pro on and about halfway through he's in Times Square and he says he kind of had like the aha moment, if you will. And that was really like a glimpse into the future of of what it will be like once these things become more common practice once um yeah really once there's that shared that shared reality um mm -hmm. both virtually and physically and i think where it gets really interesting is really um having these assets verified on chain um both physical and digital and, and having the counterpart of each of those be represented. And then also, I think also what's interesting, like for example, I'm I'm actually here in Wilder World um, with real-time capture as my avatar. So um, 
you can imagine all these different various assets being NFTs, um, those potentially having a physical counterpart in the real world. And then if you actually have the mixed reality headset on and you're out in the world, um, you know, you could actually be wearing wearing a skin, um, which is being represented, um, kind of it's being augmented in, in the real world through having the headset on. So I think I think it will get really interesting. Um, I think all everything will be on chain. I think that the assets that we wear, for example, we're going to be able to like try them on anywhere. You can imagine going into a store and trying something on. And like if your avatar is actually mapped to yourself, you can actually try these things on remotely. Um, you can wear them remotely. And I think there's all sorts of applications which, yeah, we're really just starting to see the beginning of and um yeah it's 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 gonna be an interesting an interesting future as we kind of get into the next decade I, i'm with you maybe one quick follow-up question for you for you frank i think in 2020 2021 the metaverse uh became such like a popular catchphrase idea concept then it be, kind of came a laughing stock do you think that like with with the headsets, with the VR, with with this very serious launch from Apple, do you think that has kind of sped run the the concept of the metaverse coming coming back in, into reality? Yeah, I think ho however it's phrased, like um, Apple is amazing at kind of creating their own own world and product suite and having those all hang together. So, you know, you don't hear metaverse, you don't hear VR headset, you don't hear any of these things, but um the fact of the matter is is that these these the, the the virtual and the physical will only become more and more intertwined and i think apple um taking that leap is definitely uh will will validate it uh culturally at a larger scale and um i think it's really just inevitable like oftentimes technology goes through these cycles where um it's not on anyone's radar. Like even with Wilder, we we um, we had the vision to to be in the metaverse and build a virtual world in the metaverse prior to Meta um, kind of rebranding, and then that was really what caused a lot of interest around the the concept and the term, and then you know the the cycle did what it did and it got on a lot of people's radars but the the technology was still premature so i don't think people could experience it in the way that we imagine but um yeah i really do see as i said the the lines heavily blurring between the two worlds and i think apple um releasing the apple vision pro is is really um a step in the right direction for all these things and I, I, I do think the next question, though, does become um, really how Web3 and these various Web3 elements can um, keep the, the power within the, the hands of the creators, the developers, all these sorts of things. So uh, that's where I do really see Web3 playing a strong role in all of this. And the companies, projects, games who are who are kind of true to the values of what Web3 represents is really where um, 
we can kind of keep things in balance and steer from kind of um, dystopia and in, into a more balanced relationship with with technology. Yeah, and that, that avoiding dystopia is definitely top of mind and, and important. Um, <clears throat> I guess, Sandy, quick quick follow up for you. I think you just mentioned in the chat you you went to get an Apple Vision Pro. So, did you have any epiphanies, or, or are you more metaverse ready now? I am. I thought. I mean, I. I've been playing with these on and off. I actually, I know you guys are gonna think I'm a geek. I am. I film a lot of my family vacations in spatial so that when the time comes and spatial is a reality, I can relive them. I thought the Apple, I think the Apple Vision Pro is just out of this world. It's better than anything I've used in the last six plus years, for sure. It's gonna be a game changer, I believe, in this space. Yeah, I, I, I certainly agree with you. I realize we're almost out of time. Hey, Will, one, one last question for you. You know, we talked about, you know, user experience, clearly Apple, very good at, at building, designing user experiences. You know, you, you're in the toy business. You have to think about uh, user experience uh, as well. How do you think the, the user experience broadly for NFTs, like how's it going to be different than 2030 and, and five? Uh, yeah. I mean, I believe with every fiber of my being that NFTs are going to be a big part of the future, but nobody's going to call them NFTs. They're just going to exist on the background. I think that term is a very early adopter word. It reminds me a lot of remember in the, in the late nineties, we were all obsessed with MP3s. We had MP3 players, we downloaded MP3s, everybody was about MP3, the technology. And now we listen to MP3s every single day when we stream on Spotify, when we go to Apple Music, a lot of times these files on the back end are MP3s, but we just don't call them that anymore. We just listen to music. And I think that's what's gonna happen with NFTs. This next generation is gonna adopt them, but it's just gonna be back end tech. It's like. We don't say SMTP when we say email, right? We don't say HTML when we go to websites. NFTs are just going to be property ownership rights to uh, these actual digital items. And I think people are just going to buy them like they buy things with their credit card normally. And they will start to think that it's table stakes that they get the property deed along with it, which is the NFT technology on the back end. So I think that's where we're heading. User experience is gonna be as simple as just buying something with a credit card. And then I think this next generation, as they come online and get purchasing power, they're just gonna expect it as just property rights on the internet on the back end. Yeah, such a great take, Will. I think that's actually just kind of a, a great way for us to just kind of wrap up this conversation. Uh, you know, I think we, we could have gone an hour, we could have gone two hours with, with this fantastic crew. Uh, I realize we are a few minutes over time, so we, we will cut it short. But for thank you all uh, for joining this afternoon. This was a fantastic discussion. I encourage our listeners to, to, to go out, find these folks, connect after the show. And thank you, Red Beard, for giving us the opportunity. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, salute. Thank you, everyone. Nice, nice chatting. This has been a Red Beard Ventures production.